0: takes more than being filled with regret for spending 80 million dollars in bitcoin on a 20 dollar pizza in 2013 to be a great (laughs) software engineer this is episode 231 of the soft skills engineering podcast i'm your host jameson dance
1: i'm your host and never bitcoin investor dave smith
0: (laughs) soft skills engineering is a weekly advice show where we talk about the non-technical parts of being a software developer and just speculate about what might have been if we had a time
1: machine We often give time machine-related investing advice.
0: Yeah, that's true. There's probably some simulation someone has done to think, okay, say time travel exists, but everyone has it. How would you build a high-frequency trading platform (laughs) then?
1: (laughs) Getting your fiber closer to the exchange is no longer good enough.
0: Yeah, Goldman Sachs has that time machine too they already bought up apple in 1980
1: yeah <laughs> like, turns out apple only has one investor and it's this guy in a basement in ohio <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah uh that was kind of a weird couple years when my tech friends were millionaires briefly and then not anymore
1: because they spent 20 bucks on bitcoin a couple of years prior yeah
0: well yeah i knew some people that got way into crypto in the very early days when i So I still don't understand it, but I didn't understand it and thought it was dumb, and now I don't understand it and just think it's bad for the environment. (laughs)
1: GPUs.
0: (laughs) Cranking out the heat. Yeah, I heard someone describe cryptocurrency as using your car to solve Sudoku puzzles that you can buy heroin with. (laughs) Like it spits out CO2.
1: Oh my gosh. (laughs) That is that is accurate. That's like <laughs> it's like an accurate answer, like an accurate analogy that tells you nothing about what it actually is.
0: Yeah. I love that. Well, I know the same about it as I did before I learned that analogy. I think this is my old man yells at a cloud moment is oh, me just shaking my fist at bitcoin and saying "harumph." Saying I wish I would have bought. <laughs> yeah, or mined. I mean, I yeah, I had some friends who got pretty into mining when it yeah was fun and interesting and possible as a non-super megacorp with your own highly optimized data center. Anyways, that's not what this show is about.
1: No. But boy, did I, do I wish it was in about 2014. <laughs> do you want to talk about our, our exciting news, Dave? Yeah, this episode is sponsored by Monday.com, which is a visual teamwork platform, and we'll tell you more about Monday.com later. Thank you to them. I also want to thank
0: our patrons. Thank you to these folks who are supporting the show at a level where we shout them out every single week. Thank you to Oladapo Fade, Kiaran Sveinsen, Ragnar Hardison, Alexander microconfig.io, Nick, Travis Sanders, Evgeny Sladkowski, Dennis Bogdanov, Braden Keynes, Steven Armand Lee, John Grant, Luke Bayless, Philip John Basile, the Agile Ventures Charity, Sean, and VinLock. Thank you to folks who have supported us in the past. If you would like to join this group, you can go to softskills.audio, click support us on Patreon, put in the stuff that they ask you, and then wait for that sweet, sweet Slack team invite to roll on in where you can join exciting conversations and write down haikus like, my boss quit today, should I quit today too, or am I the boss now? (laughs) I love that one. That is (laughs) such a good one. (laughs) It's a good group that I am regularly entertained by.
1: Yeah, me too. All right, shall I read our first question? Please. This one comes from an anonymous listener who says, Hey, Dave and Jameson, I have a problem with a more senior engineer in my project. I cannot really predict or follow their thought process. They introduce best practices about organizing code, Git branching, software versioning, etc. to the project, which is great because I like well-defined processes and I follow these processes happily. Now, there are some occasions where this engineer violates one of those processes. When they do that, I ask why. Then they give me the reason and I nod because I think that makes sense. But fast forward a little bit, and I also choose to violate the process the same way for the same reasons. During the code review, the senior engineer rejects my approach because, quote, it does not make sense. Surprised (laughs) (laughs) Pikachu.jpg I love these verbal emojis and verbal file names. Oh, man, it's great. Okay, I tried a few times to challenge them in these situations, but more often than not, they either stood their ground or gave the, quote, agree-to-disagree nod, which demoralizes me. (laughs) (laughs) I know that nod. Okay, so now I'm inclined to just follow what they say if this situation happens. I understand that there is some nuance for a certain thing to go a certain way, but when this happens, I am always left puzzled and spending time recalibrating the idea and approach. What is the best way to deal with these kind of people? Anyway, love the show and keep up the good work. Thank you. So
0: I feel like a lot of this comes down to the difference between having experience that allows you to know what the right thing to do is and being good at teaching other people. Hmm. Because it's, it's possible they could just be totally wrong too, you know, and like <laughs> bad and nonsensical. And, but it's also possible that they have some kind of internal rules that they are following or... or yeah. Heuristics that they're following that make sense to them and they just haven't articulated them to you in a way that makes sense to you or that, that completely covers all the cases.
1: And maybe that's because the heuristics are actually an extremely complex neural network. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Which is, did I decide this or not? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like I've seen this pop up in my own career where I've tried to teach someone something And then they go off and do that thing and they come back and I say, but no, 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 not like that. (laughs) Yeah. They're like, but you said to do the thing. And and it turns out that there's some circumstance that's different that I didn't call out explicitly or some reason for why I think it fit in this other situation, but not in this one. But I also sometimes weigh that against how painful it is to tell someone to throw a thing away and then go back and do it in a different way. Sometimes I say like, sure, the code got worse, but. At least I won't get yelled at. At
1: least I won't hurt anyone's feelings. Exactly. <laughs> but, but the
0: feelings are better. And that's really the output of this team. <laughs> Unhurt feelings.
1: Code quality, low. Feelings quality, high. Yep. I'm tempted to reach for a metaphor here that I think could be misinterpreted. So let me just start out by saying, I don't think all software engineers are children. Okay. <laughs> so just with that, okay. <laughs> <laughs> with that backdrop, I'm going to tell you a metaphor. When I ask my children to sweep the floor, They pick up a broom and to them, the instruction to sweep the floor is move the broom around near the floor for some period of time until my dad is satisfied. Like that, (laughs) you know, and it's like, to me, the underlying requirement was, no, I want the floor to be clean. And in fact, the method of cleaning doesn't matter to me. Like you could reach down with your lips and suck the crumbs off the floor. I don't care. (laughs) I I said sweep the floor. That's what my son does. He's one. (laughs) Did he come to my house? Because I think I could use that service. He's a little Roomba, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I think sometimes when we give instructions, it's not clear to the receiver of those instructions what really we're going for. You know, like I've said sweep the floor, but I don't care about the method. And so they're like, okay, well, move these bristles around for a while and I'm good to go. The dust, The dust is in a different spot. <laughs> yeah. And I, I've literally had to tell them that so many times, like, hey, when I ask you to sweep the floor, the objective is to get the floor clean, not just walk around with a broom for a while. Yeah. So, and I, I just wonder if that's what's going on here is the, the senior engineer has explained the processes, but has not explained the governing principles behind the processes, which I sometimes call tenets, where mm-hmm. they, they've got some mental tenets, maybe even subconscious ones, that they feel override all the processes. Hmm. I think that's a smarter way of saying what I
0: was trying to say, where there's something they didn't communicate underneath that's motivating them. And, and to you, it looks the same, but to them, they, there's, there's deeper stuff going on here. Yeah. I've seen this happen. Oh, let's see. There's an example quite a while ago where there was a disagreement about which part of the architecture to transform some data. And the core of the disagreement was this belief I had that like, you transform it as soon as it comes in, like at the outside, so that once it's inside the system, it's always in the right format. And there was this core underlying belief I had that, I don't know if that that's really backed up, but that was the motivator for all my reasoning. And once I figured out, that's why I was, that's why we were disagreeing is because I, I was assuming like, well, of course you want to transform the data as soon as it comes into the system. And they were mm-hmm. like, had some other assumption they were working under, then we were able to progress.
1: Progress to what? Uh, Just a beautiful agreement where no feelings were hurt and the code quality is still high?
0: Uh, Yeah, they did it my way. (laughs) (laughs) My feelings were super high. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) But to them, they felt like they had been trying to do a thing that made sense in, in their engineering experience, I guess. So I agree with you. That's what I'm saying.
1: Well, that's interesting. Sorry, I just—I actually stopped listening when you said, it sounds like you said something but smarter than me. And I just have been sitting back relishing that for the last few minutes.
0: <laughs> just basking in it. <laughs> uh, well, that was the good part of it anyways. I guess what I'm seeing here, and maybe it's just not in the question, is I don't see an explanation of what the senior engineer's reasoning was for disagreeing. Mm-hmm. I, I see the question asker saying, I thought I was in the similar situation, so I tried to do the same thing. And it seems like the senior engineer just said, uh, uh." I'm sure there was more to it than that though. And if I were the question asker, I would dig into it and say, okay, I think I'm in the same situation for these reasons. And this is what you did last time. Why, why do you feel like that is not appropriate here?
1: But how do you say that without coming across as super like confrontational? I
0: don't know. I mean, I don't know that it has to be confrontational. I I don't know that you have to disguise it. I mean, if that's really what you're doing, you're trying to learn from their experience and that seems flattering, right? Like, you are the senior wise engineer and taught me this thing that I thought was was appropriate here. And can you help me understand why that is incorrect or what's going on here that makes it different? That feels flattering. So you're saying grovel a little? If you just call them a hypocrite and say, listen, idiot, like (laughs) caught you (laughs) because last time you did this thing, now you're saying do this thing, and I knew you were a fraud, then yes, that
1: won't work. That won't work. But if you grovel a little, you know, oh, wise senior engineer, (laughs) you're (laughs) clearly operating on a higher plane where the rules are more clear to you, but they are not clear to us underlings. Please enlighten us. Shower down your wisdom. Descend from your throne. Yes. I know that it hurts you to walk on the dirt. That we live in, <laughs> but please come down. We will avert
0: our eyes yes. <laughs> to not sully your hoodie with our <laughs> foul, your <un-senior> gaze.
1: <laughs> <laughs> unsenior.
0: We've made offerings of le croix le-
1: <laughs> and Costco snacks. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, all right, so so far we've we've been operating under the assumption that the senior engineer is acting in good faith and not just being lazy and a bad explainer and that there is yeah. more to this situation potentially than what the uh less senior engineer is able to comprehend. But let's I would say let's just assume for the moment that the senior engineer really is just being lazy and is saying I don't like this process because it takes extra keystrokes and I don't I don't want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you about a situation
0: similar to this where I've been lazy, where this happened a few jobs ago where there was a pretty junior developer who really wanted guidance and asked me for some feedback on a a solution they were thinking of for a problem. And I was pretty busy and kind of sick of helping them. (laughs) So I just (laughs) said, yeah, it seems fine. And then they built it and then submitted it, and I was like, oh, this is all wrong. Like, it's wrong for this reason, and you got to do it this way. And, and their complaint was, but you said it was fine before. And I don't think I told them this, but the reason was like, well, yeah, because I wasn't paying attention <laughs> before. <laughs> I just wanted you to go away so I could do my work. But now Wait. I'm actually paying attention. Okay,
1: hold on. So this this is like the social equivalent of technical debt. You took on some debt right you just you just kicked oh, I it did. you kicked it down the road a little and now i you- did yeah i was
0: like future jameson will clean
1: this up yeah. Don't worry. <laughs> i love that guy <laughs> he cleans up all my messes yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah. perfect yeah so it, it could be like i mean maybe they were just cutting corners last time because they were lazy maybe and it's easier to cut corners in a way it's easier to hold other people accountable sometimes than yourself
1: interesting is that like true for
0: me If you agree to a coding standard, maybe I'm revealing too much about myself. (laughs) Let's say, for example, hypothetically, there was a very rigorous deploy process that required many steps of approval, and it was important to follow that. And hypothetically, someone named James' son (laughs) really wanted to deploy without following that process, even though James' son really wanted the team to follow that process and just... And and defined that process perhaps.
1: Let's. T- I mean, hypothetically.
0: Well, not. Don't don't blame Jameson too much for the process. Jameson is trying their best to improve the process, but some of the process has been foisted upon Jameson. Yeah, it was way easier for Jameson to say, "Yolo." If this <laughs> screws up, I get fired. Versus if I let someone else screw up, they get in trouble. So the incentives have been different in their case in that hypothetical situation.
1: Okay. So you're saying you're just so lazy. Yeah,
0: I guess what I'm saying is sometimes it's easier to justify to yourself why you don't have to follow all these extra rules that you've agreed to are important or valuable for some reason, because you know all the secret context of like, yeah, yeah. but there's this tight deadline or mm-hmm. this will be the consequence if it has to go through this thing. or But if you see someone else do a thing, it's easier to say, oh, we agreed to this standard. And like, you don't feel the the pain of the potential consequences as much potentially interesting so you have
1: you're completely devoid of empathy is what you're saying sorry i don't know why i don't know why i keep well usually these terrible yeah, things I mean, about you <laughs> well hey it's not me it's james's son oh who, of course uh, right everybody yeah. hates that guy <laughs> um. <laughs> all right so so there's a chance that this senior engineer is lazy there's a chance that you're missing some nuance and it's your job to figure it out through crucial question asking that may involve a light degree of groveling. Have I summarized correctly? I think so. Yeah. If you feel like they're being lazy
0: earlier and just kind of rubber stamping your stuff, then it's sort of on you to make it important enough to get it on their roadmap. Okay. Like you you can pull feedback earlier into the process. Yeah. Cause they say during code review, the senior engineer rejects my approach. Like, You could get feedback on that approach earlier before code review, which is a fairly expensive time to get feedback that is, don't do it this way.
1: Right. The way that you spent two weeks doing.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's easier to say, I would like to do it this way and draw a little diagram for half an hour. And then here, it does not make sense. Yep. Have we answered the question? I think so. Good luck. Good luck. I'm not going to name any names, but we have a time-honored tradition on this show of complaining about hard-to-use task trackers. However, things are changing in this
1: world. Have you heard about Monday.com? Yeah, I've used Monday.com. It's a work OS that powers teams to run processes, projects, and build custom workflows in one digital workspace. It's pretty cool. It's very modern. I heard you can actually develop apps that run on Monday.com now. It's super customizable. That's right. And Monday.com is hosting an app competition
0: for developers. They're giving away three Teslas and a bunch of other prizes to the winners. I'm recruiting a team to implement Doom in Monday.com, and you can ride in my Tesla if we win.
1: <laughs> this sounds like a good chance to get in early on a growing platform. Currently, there are over 100,000 teams that use Monday.com for their daily work, and your app could be in front of them. To
0: sign up, go to monday.com softskills soft skills. You can find the dates and the rules of the competition there.
1: I suggest you check it out today so you don't miss out. Go to monday.com softskills soft skills.
0: I will read the next question. This is a short one. Do you think that a job that helps you constantly grow is more important than a job that promises titles? Hmm. Hmm. Titles. I assume promises titles means that maybe you get hired somewhere that gives you a fancy title, super mega staff, (laughs) Charizard or whatever. I don't know. Is Charmeleon? Is that the final one? Which one is the last one of the Pokemon? Oh, you just said Pokemon
1: and it's like i have no idea what you're talking about i think charizard is the last one
0: i don't know anyways very relevant to the <laughs> podcast yeah so say you get a fancy title but the work is not really pushing you in a new direction or i the classic trade off is like go work at a startup where the title is person who works at a startup right but you kind of just do everything and get all these challenges thrown at you and and growth work really hard and learn a bunch and grow And then you leave as a person who worked at a startup.
1: Right. Junior software associate. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. What do you think? Oh, boy. My perspective on this has changed so much in the last four or five years. I think I spent probably the first 10 years of my career thinking, titles are super dumb and just do awesome stuff and everything will be fine. Yeah. Titles are things for like the
0: man, people with suits and ties and squares and (laughs) <laughs> just bean counters and we just sling code.
1: I also thought titles were for people who are egotistical and self-obsessed.
0: Mm, like ladder climbing.
1: Yeah. Like I care more about you recognizing my greatness than actually being great. Huh. That kind of mentality. Okay.
0: Yeah. I don't know that I had that, but I definitely had the the one that I described of like titles are just kind of hokey. It's like, it's uncool to care about your title. Yeah. Because... It's just distraction from the really important stuff. It's like caring about the brand of jeans that you wear. Some people care a lot about the brand of jeans <laughs> that they wear. <laughs> I know. <laughs> just like some people care a lot about titles. Are you saying, okay, so in this analogy, the the brand of the jeans that you're wearing is the title, but the growth here is going to be like how beefy and powerful your thighs are. <laughs> And like put yes. those beefy, powerful thighs in a big old pair of Lee Pipes or Jinko jeans, they'll still look great, even if your title is associate Turner Offer Honor, but you can produce very awesome code or build <laughs> great things.
1: So you're saying good legs look good in any brand of jeans. Yep. Lee pipes flatter <laughs> the <laughs> the figure if you're if you can squat enough weight. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Your thighs are three feet wide. <laughs> so that's a little weird, but I think I understand where the where, <laughs> where the analogy is trying to take us. So to be clear, we're just to recap, we are describing how I used to feel. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Got it.
0: Well, I don't know. I think I just wanted to make that analogy. Okay. <laughs> it's wandered far away from <laughs> any meaning or relationship yeah. to reality.
1: I'm sure that there's nowhere we could take that analogy that wouldn't be great, but we should probably set it aside. <laughs> yeah so bottom line i think jameson you and i both kind of had a negative perception of titles and the pursuit of title increase Mm -hmm. and i think that's somewhat justified in some cases i actually remember a day when a
0: coworker of mine changed their title to senior software developer on linkedin and i was like what a nerd i remember it because i feel really stupid now but (laughs) and and they were totally i mean they deserved it it was just like To my dumb brain, the idea that anyone would care enough to make their title anything real on LinkedIn was like, yeah, show their their heart was in the wrong place, right?
1: Okay, so now this is a nuanced topic, but so how would you say that your mindset has shifted on this subject in the last few years?
0: Basically, as much as it can.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So you're all about the genes and not about anything about the thick thighs anymore.
0: Yeah. The I mean, the right jeans can have a lot of padding in them and make your thighs look thick. How do you think Batman's suit flatters his figure That's so true. much? That's true. It's mostly foam. And if you have a <laughs>
1: lot of space, you can pack a lot of money in cash into the, into the void <laughs> in your jeans.
0: Yeah. So one thing I didn't realize is that titles can signal importance to people. And I had a lot of built-in signals of like, this person belongs as a software developer already. Like for better or for worse, lots of software developers are white dudes. I'm white dude, so I fit in with that group. There's like a certain, I don't know, I like video games and...
1: Yeah, it's even even a subgroup of that group is, you know, you're kind of nerdy. You like you like fantasy novels. Yeah, like there there's some kind of classical, yeah, some classical
0: markers that I fit in several ways. So I, I never felt really out of place or like I had to prove that I belonged. I just felt like, yeah, I mean yeah, I can, I can do this work and everybody should just know that I can do the work. Which is why you were able to get by
1: for several years Ex- with the title of Archduke of Computering.
0: Exactly, yeah. Because cause there was this underlying assumption that like, well, yeah, that's, he can make fun of this because he probably knows stuff about computers. But I have realized that that is definitely not true of everybody, that they do not get this built-in benefit of the doubt or that they just might work in environments where like, Titles are important to collaborating with other people to signal what they know and what they're responsible for. And I just wasn't at all in that environment and assumed no one else in the world was either.
1: (laughs) And if they were, they deserve what they get. (laughs) Yeah, that's
0: what they get for being a bunch of dorks.
1: So what I I think just to be really specific about that last point, Jameson and I both joined huge companies in the last four years. Mm -hmm. And I have come to appreciate the value of both title and level. So like job family and level within that family. When I, mm-hmm. I work with literally hundreds of people every month and I just can't keep track of who is responsible for what on that many teams, you know, like who's the person who knows about X, Y, and Z. It's like, I need an entry point into teams that I ha- don't have a long-standing relationship with. So I look mm-hmm. for the person with the right title on that team as a guide path as a like a a landing light on a runway to guide me to the right place to talk to the right people i just if i had to like spend six months building a relationship with every member of every team i I interface with i would never be able to build anything because i work in such a complex large environment
0: yeah i don't think it's a coincidence that when we both join large megacorps our ideas about titles changed and i think some of that is dependent on the situation but i think i just have more understanding of of i mean especially if you're from a marginalized group like you you might be discounted just uh, just because of who you are and a title can help counteract that where if you're i don't know a senior engineer already then that might kind of break up someone's implicit bias from from triggering or or help you get a little bit more respect or a little bit more support in some ways
1: while i agree with everything you've said so far i do want to point out though that there is also this other problem because people have chased titles so much in our industry that and we've mentioned this a lot on the show but t- the same title at two different companies can mean vastly different things and mm-hmm. like i'll just give an example i was browsing some a candidate's linkedin profile the other day who's been in the software industry for a good number of years but they literally had senior software engineer listed as their title at a job that they were working at while attending university and they had no prior experience it was like their first job not even out of college and they already are calling themselves senior software engineers so it's kind of like kind of the devil's advocate side of what we've said so far is that there has been so much title inflation and just random title assignment and non-agreement on what titles mean that it almost doesn't matter anymore in many cases that's the opposite of what you just said it is in my experience it matters
0: at my large company exactly (laughs) and there is there is agreement. Yeah, there's agreement broadly and there is some amount of vetting where like someone would have to be pretty exceptional to get the title of senior software engineer for their first software job. Like yeah. they would have to meet a certain standard that I would kind of trust that that fit.
1: Yeah, see, and at my company that that's just not possible because there's no way that you have had the experience to meet the requirements to have that title at my company right out of college or or for your first job. Even if you were yeah. brilliant, you just couldn't get it because you would not have had the opportunity. So I guess it's, it's worth pointing out that titles are extremely important in large organizations where there's broad agreement. And then the value of a title, I think, decreases once you start crossing into other domains like other companies. So we've sort of wandered far afield from the original question, which is, is it more important to... Mm-hmm
0: try to grow or to optimize for a title. And that could be either within your same job, like do you try to get better at your job, do you try and get a promotion, or while you're doing a job search, do you pick a job that gives you the fancier title? Right,
1: right. I would say that in in a good healthy environment, let's let's say you're in a company and you want to decide whether to go after the title or go after growth. I think that like I said, good healthy company, you should go after the growth and the title will follow anyway. And I just, I want to caveat that like crazy because I think many, many places are not healthy in that way. But if you find yourself, if you're lucky enough to find yourself in that kind of a situation, I would say growth first, title comes second. And if you strive for a title in a healthy environment, I think it can backfire on you. Hmm. What do you mean? I mean, I've seen people who get so promotion obsessed that they do things that actually undercut their own success. For example, they can like kind of steal work from other team members or like hoard certain tasks because they know that it'll look good in their portfolio and they don't collaborate as much or they hide information. These are very toxic negative behaviors and I've seen that done in the pursuit of title or promotion.
0: So I want to believe that you've seen it done and fail miserably. Yes. But my cynicism is saying <laughs> you've seen it done and like it just works and there. <laughs> It makes life worse for other people.
1: I've, first of all, I've only seen it done in a couple of instances out of hundreds of observations. And in those cases, it did fail. Hmm. So I, I don't know. now, But now popping out, going up to like a bigger context of I'm looking at jobs at different companies. Or I'm comparing two jobs that have one that has a title of, let's say, principal engineer and one that has a title of just engineer. You know, which one should you go for? All else being equal, I would probably go after the one with the fancier title.
0: Yeah. Yeah, the problem is that no job is... No two jobs are equal. There's this n dimensional space that you're comparing them on about like field and pay and colleagues and technology and work life balance and
1: title and all that other stuff. Do you like how all my answers only work in theory?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I think,
1: in a way, if I were
0: interested in growth, I would try to optimize for breadth of impact or breadth mm-hmm. of responsibility. Because like you said, titles can be so wildly different at different companies. You can be a director at one company and that means you like are on a team by yourself and <laughs> do everything. And you can be a, I don't know, team lead on another team and your team is like 15 people. I mean, wildly different. I
1: direct my code that I write to do things. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. So if if I saw a title on a resume, I think the first thing I would try to understand is, but how how big was your impact or how wide was your scope of responsibility and i try and calibrate that in my head and kind of like strip away the title malarkey Mm -hmm. so hopefully those correlate in some way and it can be easier to say like if you want to grow your breadth of impact it can be easier if you have titles in your past that indicate you've been growing in that way but you can also pursue that without a title change and without a promotion and then that's sort of like builds up as credit and then if you do finally change jobs or get promoted you sort of cash it all in to say look I have all this experience even though this wasn't my title I ran all these projects and yeah. whatever the case is and you kind of turn it into a title
1: exactly and you're going to have to do that anyway especially at the more senior levels because there's so such a lack of clarity on what a title even means for every company that you're going to be explaining yourself and what your job duties look like regardless and I've, I've grown very skeptical of titles when I see them and so I, I just find myself asking the candidate anyway to try to get a sense for their breadth and scope of impact.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point. I I sort of believe titles within my company, but I do not believe titles outside of my company.
1: <laughs> but the other side of that argument is if you have a recruiter that's looking for directors or looking for only senior engineers, then you're yep. going to show up in the search results unless you don't have that title. Absolutely. So, I mean, there's that aspect as well. This is a complicated question, right? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe... 23-year-old
0: Jameson was right, and the really (laughs) important thing in life is to be an Archduke of Computering.
1: There's one thing that's for sure is no recruiter is searching for Archduke of Computering, and if they do and they find you, you should definitely take that job.
0: (laughs) I did not get any...
1: LinkedIn spam. (laughs) Well, and that's another good point (laughs) is the kinds of opportunities I get on LinkedIn are just so different depending on the title that I have. Like, you know, my current title is actually kind of a silly title like Archduke of Computering, but it's something else. And my LinkedIn messages have gone way down. But when it was senior software engineer and when it was director, it was just nonstop LinkedIn messages. So it definitely changes the kind of opportunities that will show up at your door. Talking cylinder builder. I forgot about that. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's accurate. But is it precise? (laughs) Yeah, it's 100% precise. Totally repeatable. Every time time I measure it, it's right. It's like the same number. It's perfect then. All right. I think we've answered the question. I think so too. Good luck. It's a very nuanced field. And I don't even think we've given like a concrete answer on one or other side of this. It depends. Gotta go. all right jamies and where can people go if they want to ask us questions and get completely nonsensical abstract theoretical only academic answers
0: if you want the hottest tips on gene brand versus thigh beefiness go to (laughs) softskills.audio and click ask a question and then we will tell you whether to buy pants or do squats (laughs) all right we'll catch you next week